Chapter 28. <clears throat> the Only Difference. It'll be fine, Blue promised Howard. Everything's going to be great with the gerbils now. Mom Myrtle will be so impressed that there won't even be a grand review. You won't have to eat a million swamp cakes without puking. The two of them had been talking for over an hour, and it was almost time for supper. Blue would be watching closely to see what his cousin did with his meal. Are you even a member of this family, Howard said, fiddling with the battery pack and wires that powered his electric shock system. It's never that easy. It will be, said Blue. It's going to work great. We've got it all planned out. Six seconds, said Howard. What? Howard pointed toward an empty plate on the door beside the dresser. It was covered in green crumbs and cane syrup. I've been practicing. I hate the flats pancakes. They taste like green dye and they stick to the roof of your mouth. But I can eat one every six seconds. Maybe that will be... I've seen Baggett Flat eat, said Howard. He can probably do three times that many. They both fell silent, contemplating the empty plate. I guess we should go, Howard said after a moment. Do me a favor and take those moon pies with you. I told Millie I liked them once, so she would stop bringing me swamp cakes. But I'm kind of sick of everything with the word moon on it. Blue fetched the box, and by the time he turned around, Howard was unwrapping the final wire from the doorknob. Why'd you burst in here anyway, he asked before he turned it. What did I do to make you so mad? Blue didn't say anything. Howard gave him a long look. Or are you mad at somebody else? I'm sorry about kicking your door. Howard still hadn't turned the knob. You know, he said, your dad leaving you here isn't your fault. Blue looked down at the box in his hands. The yellow crescent moon on the top of it was smirking up at him. Yeah. Listen, said Howard. Ida's always telling me to keep my thoughts to myself. She's all, let Blue figure this out on his own, Howard. And you don't know what Uncle Alan might be dealing with, Howard. Blue's head jerked up. You've talked about me behind my back? A little. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure you know it's not even about you. Your dad leaving you. It, it's about him. Blue forced a smile into his face. Okay, fine. Great. Can we go to supper now? Howard frowned. Yeah, okay. Just remember what I said. Got it. And Granny Eve's not mad about you being here either, in case you were worried. She's just mad that your dad wants to race again. After the last time, with his talent causing all those wrecks, Howard opened the door. She's afraid he's going to get someone killed. Howard stepped out into the hall, but Blue was too dumbstruck to follow him. Hey, said Howard, looking around. Don't leave me standing here with the door open. Someone might see my... What? I said don't leave me stand... No, Blue took a step toward him. What did you mean he caused the wrecks? Those were accidents. Howard raised an eyebrow at him. What do you think happens when your dad isn't the best racer on the track? He's always the best racer on the track. No, said Howard. He always wins. It's not the same thing at all. That's not blue, Howard interrupted. He pointed the, to the stitches running up Blue's shin. The only difference between you and your dad is that when your dad races, it's everyone else who gets tackled by the deer. Chapter 29. Just one gerbil at a time. I think, said Tumble, that somebody ought to find that alligator and give it a kick in the tail before it ruins anyone's life. It was the next morning, and the two of them were sprawled across the beanbag chair in the attic. They were eating Howard's moon pies and watching the dust motes swirl over their heads. Blue had just told Tumble about what his cousin had said. He had stayed up all night trying hard not to believe it, but the more he tried, the more questions he had. How did his dad win everything? He wasn't the strongest man in the world, and he was fast, but not the fastest. In fact, Blue's dad was pretty normal, but his talent let him win every single time. How? By making everyone else lose. It had to be the truth. 
Only Blue had never known the truth was something that could gnaw on you with invisible teeth. Maybe if you got your dad's side of the story, said Tumble. He'd have to answer the phone for that to happen. Ah, she said, right. What did you want to tell me again? Blue asked, before I mentioned Howard and my dad and all of it. Tumble hesitated. Nothing major. You said it was something about your fate. It's not important. I mean, it's. it might not matter after today anyway. Breaking Ida's curse might get rid of the fates for good. I'm trying not to be too hopeful, Blue said. If it convinces Ma Myrtle to send the relatives away and tell the twins how to find Munch, that'll be enough. For today. You have to think more positively, said Tumble. Doubters can't be do-gooders. She sat up and reached for her emergency backpack. Here, let me show you something. She pulled a wrinkled silver envelope out of the front pocket. It was covered in tiny, sorry, tiny sparkling stars. It's from the Maximal Star Young Heroes Fan Club, she said, passing it to Blue. I found it in the trash can. Your parents threw it away? Said Blue, outraged. Without telling you? They don't trust me to take care of myself. They think that they're keeping me safe by bringing me out here where I can't see anyone, see anyone or do anything, and I guess Maximal Star doesn't fit into their plans. Blue pulled the flyer out of the envelope and read, It says Maximal Star's on tour. He's going to be in Georgia. I looked it up on a map, said Tumble. The town is about an hour away from here. But they have to let you go. Blue waved the flyer at her. He didn't care about Maximal Star, but this would be a huge deal for Tumble. He's your hero, and you're a hero, and this is a huge heroing event. How many chances like that do you get? They don't think I can do it, said Tumble. They never have. Well, said Blue, you're going to prove them wrong today. They didn't have much longer to wait. Ida was doing breathing exercises to relax herself before the ordeal. Howard and Jenna were preparing the rebellion for the most important mission ever, and Millie Flat had volunteered to help. When it was time, Tumble pulled Blue to his feet. This is it. She announced to the attic at large, Today we're going to break a curse, and we're going to prove to everyone that there's nothing wrong with us, and everything is going to be terrific. Ida wasn't terrific. She was terrified. Blue had gone to fetch her while Tumble, Howard, and Millie were setting up the Gerbellion's maze in the front yard. The maze included gerbil-sized tightropes and tubing and staircases. According to Jenna, the gerbils could navigate it in under a minute on a good day. If the exhibition was going well, Ida was supposed to help Jenna direct the gerbils through the maze to a pile of sunflower seeds. But that was advanced stuff, and Ida was in an advanced state of panic. I know you all th think I'm a big, dumb coward, she stammered. She was huddled in the corner of the twins' bedroom, shaking. Well, you're not dumb, said Jenna. Blue glared at her. They were both crouching beside Ida, who was crushing her hands to her head in misery. You're not a coward, he said to Ida. It's not wrong to be afraid of things that can really hurt you. It was Jenna's turn to glare. Excuse me? She mouthed at Blue. Not helping. But Blue thought he knew what he was talking about better than Jenna ever could. It's not wrong to be afraid, he insisted. It's smart, actually. If you were dumb, you'd run around trying to pet cats, and you wouldn't wear snake boots, and you'd probably be all kinds of dead. Ida finally looked up at him. So why am I d doing this, she said. It's c crazy. Because, said Blue, sometimes being smart and afraid isn't okay anymore. Sometimes being afraid of losing is worse than actually losing. And when it gets that bad, you've got to do something different, even if it's a little crazy. Ida took big, slow breaths, trying to calm down. I could, she swallowed. I could hold... Maybe just one gerbil at a time like yesterday? 
Jenna hesitated. That's not what we planned. That'll be fine, said Blue. Ida was the kind of person who gave you a lemon cake candle and a beanbag chair to welcome you to your attic. Blue wasn't sure about a lot of things lately, but he was sure that she didn't deserve to be bullied into saying yes.